Good morning, good morning, good morning. Here we are back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And even the word Zen maybe is too much, just wisdom for your everyday life. And even wisdom is too much. (laughs) Maybe just your everyday life. You know, we put so many demands on ourselves, so many labels, so many judgments, endless, endless, oh, is this Zen? Is this that? Is this this wise? Is it not wise? And we're constantly checking, checking, criticizing, judging. And you know, the moment we do that, we step out of the stream of the flow of life, judging it, hating it, wanting it, holding on to it. Everyday life, it's what it is, and that's it. And that's actually what our practice brings us to is to this, this moment, this right here, right now, this, what's here, what isn't here, it's all the same, this, this, return. You know, this is the time of the Jewish holiday season, and it's a powerful, powerful time, a time of return. That's the basic, one of the basic points of it, to return. But where did we go and what are we returning to? Return from distractions, return from confusion, return from delusion, (laughs) return from disappointment, deep disappointment with ourselves and with our lives and with others. Return from all the images that we have held onto and continue to clutch onto about how it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to go what is going to happen next. And of course, in this day and age, all of those images are being dissolved. Nothing is happening as it's supposed to, in quotes. All our, many of our images, our hopes, our wishes, boom, boom, like little firecrackers or like little fireflies, disappearing, disappearing, light up and disappear. So what is very, very precious now is to be fully engaged, not not rejecting life, but more engaged than ever. Well, what are we engaged with? With the truth of the matter, with life as it truly is. Not some game we're playing, not some demand we're making upon it, but with what is happening as it is. And when, my goodness, When we can really do that, then everything, everything, everything is possible for us and to us because we're engaged with reality, with God, with the source. And then we can take, we don't even take action, but natural, inevitable, organic action bubbles up by itself. And we respond in a way that's beneficial for ourselves, for others, and mostly that's in harmony with what's truly going on, in harmony with the moment. You know, so much takes place in the world of dreams and in the world of illusions. And even this, especially this holiday, that's why we listen to the shofar blow. What is that? That's that loud cry of the ram's horn. And it's really saying, wake up, wake up, wake up out of your delusions and imagination. It's to wake up what they say, the soul, the part of us that knows better, that knows everything. 
the part of us that is never left. We say we come back, but the, our soul never left. It's always engaged with truth, with love, with healing, and with clarity. Right now, our need is for great clarity and for great forgiveness. And that's part of this holiday season as well. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Even if you don't think you've done anything wrong, what we do <coughs> is we spend one month before the holiday calling everybody that we know up and saying, if I've done anything to hurt you, please forgive me. Now that's an incredible practice. It's great to do it for the month. It's good to do it for the whole year. Clean your heart out. Forgive me. <clears throat> very, very, very often, something we might have said or done can hurt someone. And we just sort of, we probably don't even notice it most of the time. The person pretends everything is fine. And we go along living on the surface of our lives. However, what a wonderful moment to take and ask for forgiveness. You know, we don't want to do that. We don't want to admit we are wrong. We made a mistake. That's how it feels. We did something that might have hurt someone else. We don't want to even face that or look at it or admit it. <clears throat> but just in the process of doing so, we ourselves become forgiven and we ourselves become happy and happier and happier because what we're doing is taking the energy and the steam out of that ego, out of that part of ourselves that always wants to be right, always wants to be perfect, always wants to be in charge. It's all about, the, for the ego, it's all about me, 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 me. No, people don't even exist except to aggrandize the ego, make me feel better about myself, bigger, stronger. And God forbid, if someone doesn't do that, if they judge me, criticize me, look at me funny, oh my goodness. Now, that ego is the source of all our confusion, pain, anguish. It's not something happening outside of ourselves. It's the ego. Almost like an enemy within. And it presents itself to us as, oh, I'm your savior. I'm taking care of you. I'll fight the others off. I'll blame everybody else. I'll judge everyone else. You're right. They're wrong. Now, that ego is very tricky. Very, very tricky. And we, unfortunately, <clears throat> all of us, every one of us, have some of that because that's part of the human condition. And it's our job here in this world to recognize it, not do battle with it. Some people say, well, I have to do battle with this ego. Mm, I'm going to fight it off. And this huge fight begins. It doesn't work. When we do battle with it, we're giving it energy. We're giving it power. What works is to notice it. Oh, yes, there you are again. And to do practices such as this one, please forgive me. <clears throat> that really, really, really goes in the opposite direction of the ego. And it takes the steam away from it because we see how good it feels when we do that. How wonderful it feels to operate 
out of our soul and not out of the ego. Please forgive me. To let the other one win, so to speak, in that interaction. Let, <clears throat> let the other one be right for a moment. Not all about you, 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 you. And when we, when we begin to let go of that, it's all about me, and we allow it to, be, to include the other person, it's a one, and we see how wonderful that feels. When we begin that, and it's another way to speak of that is when we begin to allow love through, caring for someone else through, and we see how wonderful that feels. That's a blow to the ego, much bigger blow <coughs> than to fight with it. <coughs> because we're taking away its power over us. We're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's another way to be. It's much more satisfying, much more fruitful. So we're taking the steam, so to speak, out of the ego's claim that everyone else is bad or wrong or they're the ones who've made you unhappy and on and on. The ego is very endlessly conniving and tricky. And you know, during a time of retreat, of meditation, of return. We see, we see it. Normally it works in the dark, undercover. We're just busy with our activities and these thoughts pop up and we, we kind of go with it. We believe them. They're repetitive, they're automatic, and they've probably been going on in our mind stream for many, 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 many years and, be, and beyond. So it, we don't even take that time to notice it and explore what that all is about. We just accept it unthinkingly. So I would say the most beautiful time is the time to stop. <laughs> Allowing our automatic responses to run the show. There's many, and when we return, time of returning to the source a time of prayer, a time of sitting, a time of contemplation, any way that, that is meaningful for you. It's a time of stepping back from, the, uh, from that automatic power of these thoughts and this way of being and watching it, becoming aware of it. Oh... What a moment when we become aware. Now, it's very interesting how little we operate from our awareness. The minute you become aware, oh, there's, these thoughts are in me. This ego is not my friend. We could call it ego. We could call it the mind. Monkey mind, they call it in Zen. <clears throat> Karma, whatever you want to call it. These are just words describing a process painful process <clears throat> that process itself causes us so much pain and we attribute this pain to others they did it to me or to events <clears throat> or, or we attribute it to that we're not good enough to ourselves that we've somehow deserved this someone said to me the other day well I deserve all the pain I've been receiving and I was really struck by that statement. I found it to be a very startling statement. 
And many, many people feel that way. And I myself, of course, when I was much younger, felt that way too. That's a very dangerous, dangerous way to feel because then we're going to have, if we feel we deserve it, we're almost enjoying it. We almost want it as a purification of some kind. Let me suffer more and more and more. Then we will suffer more and more. We're calling it to us. It's It's almost as if there's something noble about suffering. The more we beat ourselves up, the better a person we are. The more spiritual we are. There is that stream of thought which is very pronounced in the human mind stream. <clears throat> I'm bad and I better pay back for it. Well, the best, best way to purify that, the best way to make up for that is through love, through joy, through giving, through health, through being filled with goodness. Then you can really give. But when you're constantly being beaten up by yourself or others, when you're in pain like that all the time, what can you give another? Can you even be aware of what their need is if you're so much bathed in that process of suffering, suffering, suffering? So we think that suffering is inevitable because of all the horrible things that happen and the way people behave and on and on. But somehow if we look a little deeper, we can see no. My suffering is caused by the way I am reacting and responding to what happens. It's not caused by what happens. It's my reaction and response to it. Ego, ego, ego. That's another word for my, 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 my reaction, my response. We can also just let whatever happens happen, watch it, observe it, be with it, see what's really happening or not happening, allow it to leave. There's many other ways we can approach the vast, vast tapestry of life. Compassion can develop for everything that happens, and it will. It will when the ego subsides. When it subsides, real understanding comes, compassion comes, joy comes. In the, even in the middle of a lot of pain, joy can come. And that joy is the healer. That joy heals the situation. The compassion is the healer. The wonder of life is the healer. And whatever practice you do undertake, each true practice asks us to step back from being caught in our suffering and discover our source, the source of our life, the source of our happiness, the source of this pain, what is it? And as we make these discoveries quietly, and with trust that that wisdom is waiting within us and within all of us it is to to be to be revealed then life becomes quite different and quite beautiful and we can dance with with all that come to us celebrate
There's a lot of celebration going on now, too. We want to celebrate a new year or the birth of the world. And if the world can be born, that means there are a whole new birth, a whole new possibility. And actually every breath, every day, we're being reborn, reborn, reborn. <laughs> Except that we're not usually present to it. Now we're all more present to it, hopefully. Because certainly letting go of the past and allowing endless possibilities of renewal, restoration, and goodness. It is time, and it is needed, and it is available. So I wish you all a beautiful day, and I wish you a life flooded with wisdom, just wisdom, and joy, and that probably the same thing. Okay, take care and have a wonderful day.